Hey, it's good to see you guys all this morning. That is such a hard habit to break. Um, I wished I could see you this morning. I'm glad that you're here joining us for this new series. We begin the series of Luke today. And so uh, glad that you're here. We, we are glad that you're going to join us along. Uh, by the way, if you've never done this, I would invite you as we uh, prepare to engage or, or go along this journey in the gospel of Jesus according to Luke, um, sit down and read the book of Luke in one sitting. I know that's a, a little bit because Luke is the longest of the gospels, uh, but, but sit down and read it at least, read it through this week uh, so you can kind of get a, a, a good idea, a good overall picture as we go through. Before I do that, there are a couple of things uh, that, that I want to remind you about. One is uh, that if you haven't done this yet, if you would subscribe to our YouTube page, uh, that would help us out a lot. When we get to 100 subscribers, then we can go and uh, we can get a custom URL. Uh, so what that means is that, that not only do you, can you click to go there from our church website or from Facebook, but you can also just go there in an easy way. So if you haven't subscribed yet uh, to our YouTube page, then would invite you to go ahead and do that. Uh, the other thing that I need to remind you to do or ask you to do, uh, maybe you haven't, and that is to go on uh, to your, in your email and look at your junk mail and make sure that your junk mail, in your junk mail, that you don't have the emails that come from SB, FBC Cloudcroft because we're sending emails out to you. And so we want to make sure that you're getting those. I found out from some of our members that their emails were going to their junk mail page. And so we just want to make sure uh, that, that you're getting those. So go to your junk mail, make sure FBC Cloudcroft isn't there. That's not where it ought to be anyways. And then go ahead and, and uh, if it is, then move it or make sure that you click on it. Make sure that it's not junk mail so you can be getting those emails. Well, let me pray for us and then uh, let's jump right in. Father, we thank you, uh, Lord, just for the way that you move and work in our midst. Uh, God, we thank you for the way that, that, God, you take care of us. Lord, I pray that as we go through this gospel of Luke, that you will work in our hearts, that you will open our 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 hearts to what you have to say to us. And God, my fervent prayer for me and for everyone else who's watching and listening is that you will help us to see the Jesus of Scripture. And that God, because of that, that you would change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so Luke chapter 1, go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Uh, go ahead and, and uh, get ready. But, but before you do, we're, we're going to be going through verses 1 through 5. Before you do that, let me go ahead and make sure that you um, uh, understand a few things about the Gospel of Luke. One of them is this. Luke uh, is one of the Gospels. There are four. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And we want to make sure that, that you understand this. There are some things about this. Uh, Matthew uh, was written in about 41 A.D. It was the first of the Gospels that was written are you guys telling me I have no sound again? You, you can hear me? You can hear me, but you can't see me. Well, that's a whole lot of fun. We'll go ahead and put the title slide up there then. Um, well, I'm glad you can hear me at least. I saw a lot of commotion going on back there, but it's hard to understand 
what's happening from here. So, so uh, enjoy the slide. You don't have to look at me then. That makes me a little bit less self-conscious. I didn't get a chance to do my hair this morning. Um, so so uh, Matthew, Matthew uh, was the first of the Gospels written. It was written in about 40 A.D., 41 A.D., and, and none of these, nobody is absolutely 100% sure about the dates, but this is really close. Um, Mark uh, is the other gospel. Mark is the shortest of all the gospels. Uh, and you would assume, I did assume, that it was written first. Um, it was written in about 62 A.D. So we've got Matthew, we've got Mark, you guys know these. And then Luke was written in about 60 A.D. Um, Luke is the one that we're going to be looking at. We'll, we'll dig into that, obviously, as we go. John was the last of the gospels written. And John was written in 68 A.D. So those are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You guys know those. Uh, in fact, those are the easiest when we talk about the New Testament uh, as we, we memorize those, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One thing that you may not know is that, that there are three of these that we call the synoptic Gospels. So the synoptic Gospels, the word synoptic in the Greek means to see together, sin, and then optic, not S-I-N, but S-Y-N, sin, optic, that you see together. And so what these mean, what, what it means by the synoptic Gospels is that, that these three, they are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So these three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when you read these, you'll find out that they are pretty similar, that they follow a pretty similar um, timeline as, as they go along. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the see together the synoptic Gospels. But there's some other things that you need to know about the Gospels before we jump into, and this may be a surprise for some of you, um, that the eyewitnesses, the Gospel writers that were eyewitnesses, there are only two. And that would be Matthew, the tax collector, you remember Levi, he's called in some places, and John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, probably the youngest of the disciples. He, uh, as best we can tell, is the one who lived uh, the longest out of all of them. The only one, as far as we know, that died from a natural death. So what about the others? What, what about the other two? Well, for Mark, uh, why is Mark a gospel writer then? If he was not one of the original 12 disciples, if he is not one of the ones who was an eyewitness, well, Mark happened to be a disciple of Peter. And so when you read the gospel of Mark, what you're really reading is, is the, the account of the life and ministry of Jesus according to Peter. Uh, it's really short. That makes sense. Uh, one of the other things that makes sense when you read Mark is, uh, oddly enough, there, there's not really a whole lot that talks bad about Peter. I guess Mark would have felt bad, or maybe Peter got to read uh, what Mark was writing down. He would have felt bad about putting Peter in a bad light. He didn't, he didn't leave important things out, but he, he certainly didn't um, make Peter out to be the way uh, that he could have. And then we get to the other, the, the last of the Gospels uh, is Luke. Now, Luke, we're going to find as we read the first four chapters, uh, in, or first four verses, I'm sorry, uh, got you a little bit worried. The first four verses in Luke chapter 1, well, what you're going to see, uh, the, the reason Luke became a gospel writer is that Luke carefully investigated the life ministry of Jesus, and then he wrote about it. So Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, let's Let's begin to read those this morning. Luke writes this. 
Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So in, in this introduction that Luke gives, he, he tells us a few things. He tells us why he's writing this. He, he, he says, you, you know, I, I, a lot of people have undertaken to compose, uh, basically to write the story of the life and ministry of Jesus to, to chronicle that for us. And, and he says, because of that, I, I thought it, it appropriate for me to do so. Uh, so, so Luke actually investigated eyewitnesses. Luke, we're going to see in just a moment, uh, actually had the opportunity to, to hang out, to live, to be around those who were eyewitnesses of the things that happened with Jesus. But not only that, Luke sought them out. So, so Luke went and interviewed eyewitnesses, people who were there who saw these things. No doubt that he had already seen some of the other Gospels uh, that, that he had seen um, Matthew and, and Mark. Uh, Luke also wrote Acts. We, we'll, we'll see that hopefully in, in a series in the near future. But, but we, we think that Luke was written in about AD 60 for a couple of reasons. And if you notice, all of the Gospels were written before AD 70. And, and there's a really important reason for that. One is that none of them mention the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which was the biggest thing to happen at the time other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The destruction of the temple was the hinge pin. That, that was a marker that, that Jews would have pointed to. If it had already happened, you can be sure that it was included uh, in, in the Gospels, if it was happened when they'd written. In, in fact, if the Gospels had been written after the destruction of the temple, no doubt the disciples, not the disciples, but the gospel writers would have mentioned, and when Jesus talked about you destroy this temple and I'll raise it again, that they would have mentioned, and this happened whenever the Romans destroyed the temple. And, and they didn't. So back to Luke. Um, some things that we know about Luke, uh, not only did he write this to compose a, an orderly account uh, of the, the life and ministry of Jesus, um, but, but we find some other things from other places in Scripture. Uh, in Philemon, verse 24, we find out that Luke, I'm sorry, that Paul considered him a co-worker in the gospel. Uh, Paul lists Luke among his co-workers along with Mark, Aristarchus, and with Demas in Philemon, verse 24. The other thing is this, and this is really interesting, is that Luke was a physician. Luke was a doctor. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul sends a greeting to the Colossians, and he sends it, he says, from Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas. And so we know Paul says this, and this actually makes sense. Some, uh, some people believe uh, that Paul's thorn in the flesh was actually a physical ailment that he had, and that, that Luke uh, actually helped Paul with this. Um, but we know from Paul's writings that Luke was a physician. Uh, we also know in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, that he was a Gentile. Luke is writing to us 
from the Gentile perspective, not the Jewish perspective, but the, the perspective that most of us, had we written, had we been there, the perspective that we would have seen. In fact, as we go along in the Gospel of Luke, you're going to see that Luke included a whole lot of things that the other Gospel writers didn't. And, and part of it was because he was a doctor and he was very detail-oriented. Uh, but the other thing, the other reason is that he saw it from the, the Gentile perspective. He saw things from a whole other perspective that, that the other gospel writers would have. Colossians chapter 4 uh, verse 10 is where we see this, uh, that Luke was a Gentile. And Paul is, is writing, and it's really kind of funny, uh, the, the way that Paul does it. Um, Paul lists uh, a group of men. Let me read it for you. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Now, he says this and mentions that these are the only ones of the circumcision. He means these are the only Jews of the fellow workers that are with me. And yet, in that same chapter, just a few verses down in in verse 14, he mentions Luke and he mentions Demas. And if they're not Jews, you know, there are only two classifications in Scripture among Jews. You're either a Jew or you're not. And so if they're not Jews, then they're Gentiles. The final thing that, that we, we know about Mark, and, and he's not mentioned, not Mark, uh, about Luke, he's not mentioned um, an awful lot, but these are places that he's mentioned. But what we know in, in several verses, I, I read a couple of them to you, but in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, is that Paul was occasionally, I'm sorry, Luke was occasionally one of Paul's traveling companions. So, so Luke traveled with him. We saw that in Colossians. We saw it in Philemon. And now we see it in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here's what Paul writes, verse 11. Luke alone is with me. He said, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. And so we know uh, that, that, that Luke traveled with Paul. Now, Luke rubbed elbows with a lot of, of prominent people in the New Testament, uh, with the apostles, with other prominent disciples, with, with uh, Paul, who was, uh, by his own description, an apostle untimely born. And, and that's Luke. That, that's, who, that's who wrote this gospel. So, so as, we, as we walk through here, as we... As we un- watch the, the life and ministry of Jesus unfold uh, in the, the weeks ahead, r- remember this as Luke adds these incredible details uh, to the life and ministry uh, of Jesus, uh, the gospel that he writes. R- remember who it is that's writing. As you see the perspective that's a little bit different maybe than some of the other gospel writers, as he explains what some of the Aramaic or, or Hebrew words uh, mean because he's writing the New Testament, he's writing his gospel in Greek. He, he'll translate it for them. So you, you guys watch for these uh, in the weeks ahead as we go. And then finally, we, we have another guy mentioned. Luke says that, that he put together this orderly account, but he mentions this man in here. His name is Theophilus. And the word Theophilus is Greek and is made from two words, theos, which means God, and phileo, uh, which means love. So his name translates into lover of God. Now, there are some who've speculated 
that Luke is writing to to uh, really just kind of a, a fictitious person or, or to the Christian and, and the, the euphemism that he's using for a Christian is lover of God. But, but the truth is, uh, I, I believe whenever the Bible gives a name, uh, that that is the person's name. Theophilus was a very common name in that day. In, in fact, it makes it a little bit difficult for us to know a whole lot about him. We, we do know a few things. Um, uh, one is that he was the recipient of the Gospel of Luke. Because Luke mentions him. Luke says, I, I, sought, I, I thought it appropriate, I, I deemed it appropriate for me to write this Gospel. And, and then he mentions uh, Theophilus. He's writing it to him. The second thing that we know uh, from verses 1 through 4 in Luke is that Theophilus was a person of high standing. Luke says, almost excellent Theophilus. Now, this isn't a term that, that's used of just anyone. This is a term uh, in, in the New Testament that would be used of someone who has a high social standing. Most excellent Theophilus. We don't know uh, if he actually was in the Roman government. We, we don't know a whole lot about him except that he was highly esteemed. And so Luke, Luke mentions Theophilus, uh, he was probably wealthy. Uh, some speculate that Luke was commissioned uh, by Theophilus to write this. I, I don't know that I would actually go there because Luke's description of why he uh, wrote this is that he, he thought it appropriate to put together an orderly account. He wouldn't have to tell Theophilus if Theophilus were the one who uh, commissioned him to do that. And then finally, uh, what we know about Theophilus is that he was a believer. I, I love uh, in, in verse 4, as Luke uh, finishes his introduction, here's what he writes. Um, he said, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. I know that a lot of people read the Bible for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think too often, if we're not careful, we can, we can get caught up into reading the Bible for information. And, and no doubt, and we're going to see uh, in the gospel uh, of Jesus according to Luke, that, that Luke puts tons of of information in here. There, there's historical information. There, there's uh, geographical information uh, that he includes. But we don't read the Bible. We don't study the Bible for information. Uh, in fact, Luke didn't write this to Theophilus so that Theophilus would know the facts. There are facts. In fact, I hope you know, our faith is founded in fact. It's not a blind faith. We don't have to say, you know, it's, it's a fairy tale and I have to believe this and, and there are no facts involved. Our faith is founded in fact. And Luke includes a lot of the facts, but that's not why he's writing this to Theophilus. He writes so that Theophilus may have certainty concerning the things he's been taught. So as we, as we launch into the gospel of Jesus according to Luke, my prayer is twofold. First, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And secondly, that you will encounter the Jesus of scripture. I get to talk to a, a lot of people 
and there are many people who've been disenchanted by Christianity. They, they have reasons that they're not Jesus followers. And most of them is because they've met Jesus followers. In other words, churches and the way churches have treated one another in the church and churches have treated them and Christians or people who call themselves Christians the way that they act. Those are the reasons that many people don't follow Jesus. But as we look and as we discover or for some of us rediscover the Jesus of Scripture, what we're going to see is oftentimes we're pretty, for, pretty poor reflections of who Jesus is. So, so if this is you, if you at some point said, you know what, I'm not sure I believe that, uh, that then first of all, I, I, want, I want you to rediscover the Jesus of Scripture so that you can be certain of the things that you've been taught. You can know it's not fairy tale, it's not blind faith, that these are events that happened. And, and we'll get into a, a lot of that as we go along in the gospel according to Luke. But I want more than that. Not just that we rediscover or discover the Jesus of Scripture. Through here, I want us to be changed by that. As you read through, I don't really read anyone who encounters Jesus who leaves unchanged. Even those who left, like the we, we call him the rich young ruler, but there was a, a young man who had a lot of money. And remember, Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And it said that the young man turned away sad because he had a lot. So even, even those who didn't follow Jesus, their life was different because they encountered him. Now, I hope for you that your life is different because you trust in him. So as we, as we embark along this journey, my prayer is first that your faith uh, is strengthened, that you can be certain of the things that you've been taught, and second, that you'll discover for some the first time, or for others, you'll rediscover the Jesus of Scripture. Let me pray for you. Father, you're amazing. Your word continues to blow me away. I, I just can't get enough. The more I read it, the more I want to read it. And Father, I pray that you would do that for us, that you would put a hunger for your word within us. And the God, as we read it, will recognize a few things. First, it is unlike anything else that has been written because it is your word to us, your breathed word to us. And it's alive. And it's active. And it is not just so that we know things, but it's so that you can change us. It's not for information. It's for transformation that you can change us from the inside out. You can change our hearts and minds and make us more into the image of Jesus. And Father, if there's anyone there today who, who's watching or, or who's listening, uh, Father, who doesn't have a relationship with you, Holy Spirit, would you draw them to you? Would, would you help them to understand their need for Christ because of their sin and the provision that you've given, that you've made through Jesus on the cross. God, maybe today, maybe today, 
they would discover Jesus in a whole new way for the first time and trust in him. And then God, for others who came to faith in Christ and for whatever reason um, decided maybe that wasn't for them, Lord, would you help them to rediscover the Jesus of Scripture? Would you re-energize, would you reinvigorate their faith, their trust, their hope in you? And would you help the Scriptures come alive and work in their hearts? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.